Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Magic Cast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 137. Uh, we will be talking about two very important games that's happened for Roman in the last five days. We were talking about the Bodo Glimt uh, second leg quarterfinal, and we will be talking about yesterday's game where Roma managed to uh, play pretty well. I would say pretty well played exceptionally well and managed to get a point away at Naples and may have stopped Napoli at the time, challenging for the, for the Scudetto. Uh, with me tonight, I've got James and Imran. How are we both and did you enjoy your Easter holidays? Okay, Good, thank you. Yes. yes, I did. Thank you. Simultaneously, you both answered at the same time. <laughs> 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 both, both things synced. Um, guys, it's been a pretty fun field last five days for Roma um shall we start on Thursday Roma 4 Bodo Glimp now Roma going through 5-2 on aggregate um I thought myself I thought it was a really really convincing performance and the game was pretty much sewed up after Zaniolo chipped the keeper after Zaleski's through ball to make it 3-0 I think it was just before half time uh, before half time silly me before the half hour um, so Zaniolo got a hat-trick and Tammy Abraham opened the score after just a couple of minutes um, James I'll start off with you because you were quite sceptic after our last recording um, have, you, have you minced your words at the moment Is uh, do you want some cake to have with you what you said last week you thought this tie was over maybe a slice of humble pie <laughs> it's actually, quite, quite convincing wasn't it actually I predicted we'd win 4-0 no I'm only joking <laughs> <laughs> no yes I mean I was pessimistic because based on the previous performances and the previous games the three previous games but what we saw was, and I think the key to this was, was the mentality was 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 very different mm, this time. Yeah, on agreed. the front foot from the word go, and Bodo Glimp were in a bit of shock, I think, at the uh, intensity they faced and um, getting the the first goal. I maintain was the most important goal because that rocked them back and gave us uh, belief. And actually, it was a brilliant goal, actually, because. Um, Cristante just managed to avoid being offside uh, as the uh, ball was swung into the centre. And Tammy Abraham, people, you know, he, that's the hallmark. That's what I like. I, I love it when my striker scores from inside the goal area. You know, right, right in the goal mouth, poked it wide of the goalkeeper. I mean, that's easy to mess up that that chance, you know, you put it too close to the goalkeeper and he manages to block it, but he put it wide of the goalkeeper and that was crucial. And and and, and after that, um, the attack flowed. Um, Bodo Glimp found it very difficult to get out of their own half. And um, uh, so I think, um, and the quality of the uh, second and third goals was, I mean, particularly the second goal was super, Superbly engineered move. I mean, there was passing move. Very difficult for anyone to defend against uh, a goal like that. And brilliantly finished. And the third goal was... What I liked about the third goal was um, not only, <laughs> you know, seconds after a, a corner kick that the opposition take, you score, but that um, if you looked at Zalewski, who was outstanding, actually, um, one of many, but he, I think he really stole the show in that game. If you look at Zalewski's run, not only does he run with great 
speed and uh, direction, but his, the amount of touches he takes of the ball, his close control was exceptional. And then he rounds it off with a pass that was, you know, inch or centimetre, if you prefer metric, perfect. And the finish was just uh, breathtaking, really. So, uh, and of course, Cristante's pass in the second half for the fourth goal was accepted. I mean, one thing you have to say, all the four goals were set up by brilliant assists and the finish matched the pass. It was just uh, brilliantly lashed into the top corner. Goalkeeper had no chance. So um, I think the key to that performance and the victory was the attitude. Played with much more intensity, move the ball, and I think this has been a hallmark of recent performances, move the ball more quickly, which makes it more difficult for the opposition to cover the angles and defend, and uh, better off the ball movement, and all those things combined to creating better quality chances. And we've got the players in attack, as I think some of us always thought we did, to to take advantage of that. Mm, so, com- um, yeah, completely agree. Um, do you have a per- do you have a, a perfect goal? What was your favourite goal out of all the four? I would say, um, although it may be aesthetically uh, was was probably the uh, the least um, aesthetic of all the four goals. I think the first goal, mm. simply because of its importance, yeah. And I like the way, you know, for, for a striker, you know, the strikers will enjoy those goals, I think, more than any, where they're sharp. I mean, razor sharp in front of goal for a striker, that's absolutely brilliant. And, of course, in the context of the tie, I think that was probably, you know, if I said last week that the, the Bodo glimpse winner in the first leg was probably the most important moment of the tie, I, I think now Tammy Abraham's goal turned out to be the most important moment of the tie because it swung everything our way. Although the tie was still level, you could almost sense that we were in the ascendancy. Can I just add Zanielli's third was just ecstatically pleasing as well because the ball got caught in the net afterwards and it stayed up there for about a good five seconds. Uh, Imran, I come to you. Um, What was your thoughts on the performance on Roma? It was was quite clinical and um, probably as echo as myself and James thought, Bodo Glimt were, were in shock and they didn't really get their passing game going, did they? No, yeah, they they didn't. And our approach uh, to the game, our preparation, the way we tactically prepared for the game and neutralized um, their threats and uh, the way we pressed, uh, we had a very high press and we, we applied the pressure very early uh, on the sidebacks. We didn't allow them to double up uh, which is a way they can get out of uh, danger positions um, because they love to move the ball from behind. And we didn't allow them because we, we, we neutralized and closed the midfield and the second winger who drops down uh, to give them extra cover. So I think we did exceptionally well uh, in, in the pressing game. Uh, I think that was the decisive uh, one of the many decisive factors uh, which turned the game in our favor. So the pressing uh, was excellent. The intensity uh, which in which we played with uh, was also a very important contributing factor. And the tempo, uh, like James mentioned, um, 
the speed in which we move the ball, a uh, few touches, um, clinical, uh, and we found key passes uh, in different in dangerous areas. And we knew we knew uh, already from our first uh, meeting with Buddha Glimt at the Olympico that they leave a lot of space behind. And despite going a goal, two, three down, they kept giving us space, which is heaven for attackers. And it's really, it's an easy game plan uh, to to execute uh, if things start clicking and the players understand uh, the assessment. Uh, and they, they did that because, uh, like you said, Cristantes passes uh, behind space or any other player for that matter, that was that was a pure tactical preparation, mm-hmm. analyzing their weaknesses. We did that. We uh, uh, not only that, but we turned it into we, we were very clinical uh, in front of goal, and I think that was that was also very satisfying to see. So overall, I would say. Uh, the perfect way to turn the tie around in a very convincing fashion against a team, like we said before, you should beat every day of the week. Uh, we managed to do it one out of four, but we managed to do it when it really mattered, which was important. But um, if you look, like we said last time, if you look at the teams, the budget, there's a huge difference. I don't know if you if you would make a guess on. Uh, the, the total budget of Budapest, what would you say in uh, euros? I would probably say it's probably the same as uh, maybe a League One, League Two club over here in the UK. Maybe ooh. so. If you've got a high-end League One, League Two club, I would probably say between one point five and two million euros. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean the with salaries and everything. Oh, for. I mean, just uh, yearly budget. Yearly would would I was that in the right ballpark or was that a little bit too low? That was too low. <laughs> too low. Okay, that we that can that's sometimes that's the budget of a League One, League Two clubs actually. Uh, okay. Oh really? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, from past experience supporting in town, I'll probably say five million euros. Okay, but you know the. It's 16 million euros oh, six, around oh, there. I apologize. Sorry. Sorry for really, really that's like a low <laughs> ball. Apologies. No, no. 16 million euros. If you just look at, okay, if you put it into context, they spend uh, their yearly wage budget is uh, six, seven million euros, including oh, okay. staff. Okay. Including staff. Fair enough. That's, that's and not bad. Roma's is a is, lot. <laughs> Is more than 100. It used yes. to be 125, 150. It went down to below 100, but it's around that. So it's a it's a, it's a huge difference. Uh, it's a huge difference. Uh, we're speaking about it in terms of quality, budget, um, and yeah. So so that was uh, that was uh, very satisfying, and I was I was a bit surprised too. I would say because I didn't expect us to. Uh, go, you know, all attack gongho like that. Uh, but I think that was the only way to to make them capitalize because if you give them the confidence, if you give them a moment of confidence, they will just start building on that. And what we didn't say was that, like James said, Abraham's goal 
psychologically turned the momentum and the tie in our favor. And we just kept building it up. We didn't hold back. We just kept going forward. Mm. And that was that was very, very satisfying to see. It was very convincing. And it also gives you hope that this team can play in different ways. This team has the potential in in them, you know, to play in different way. And that was uh, also convincing. I'll ask the same question as I asked James. Do you have a favorite goal rule three? Maybe one of Zaniolo's or just happy with the result? Uh, I enjoyed uh, Zaniolo's second goal. Um, the, di- the, the chip. Execution, the, the chip, chip yeah. yeah. The, the but uh, the last goal was also aesthetically very pleasing yeah. it was just you know the finish and top corner uh, half volley yeah it, it was uh, but probably the chip you know the the chip goals are always uh, always they have they have a they have something special to them they do it's the swagger and the, the we've i think we've all witnessed it in the past of, of roma goals like that there's been quite a few but when you see a good chipped goal it's, it is very pleasing afterwards um i'll ask you both this on nicolo zaniolo do you think that's his best performance to date under Jose Mourinho. We had moments like last night. I thought he played pretty well last night. We'll come into that later. But on the game on Thursday, that's the best I've seen him post the two ACL knee injuries. He's had really rotten luck in the last two years. And to be honest, he has struggled at times this season due to fitness and form. But do you think on Thursday he showed his qualities and it was probably back to the old Zaniolo of the first, before his first uh, ACL injury, sorry, where he showed a bit of pace, he showed a bit of power, a bit of... um, Composure as well. He's now he he does like sometimes dally on the ball and doesn't have the the best of um, looking up for passing to opponents, which we saw last night also. But do you think on Thursday we saw the best of him? What we could have seen this season to date? Definitely, I would say it was his best performance uh, in a Roma shirt. It was. Um... When you score a hat trick, uh, not just scoring a hat trick, but when you do it in that way, you score the goals, uh, all of them, world class goal, uh, goals, goals um, in um, in different way because they were the, the first goal was a top, typically a clinical striker goal. The second was. Um, a fantasista goal, uh, typically a very skilled technician, trequartista goal. Uh, so he, he saw the technique from that uh, angle as well. And the last goal was, yeah, the half only once again, uh, striker, very, very good. I, I think uh, all in all, it was a complete performance. It was a clinical performance. And it was by far his best performance in in the in a Roma shirt and he's had some really good performances before yeah mm, yeah before his ACL uh, James do you echo our thoughts on Zaniolo were you impressed of his performance like on Thursday and probably last night as well uh, on Thursday yes I was and I'd echo all that and funnily enough uh, you mentioned there uh, a fantasista goal the second uh, his uh, his um, second goal that had th- that was like 
winding the clock back to Totti and Cassano. They used oh, to yes. score those sort of goals as well. And Vucinic on occasions mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, had that sort of confidence to do that, you know. And that's another thing, confidence. When you're, you know, you have to be quite confident to um, clip the ball uh past the goalkeeper like that because it's always tempting you know if you're not so confident you might take the extra touch and that sort of thing but when you're confident and and maybe who knows maybe he doesn't score that second goal in the way he scores it if he doesn't score the first goal so um uh yes on on thursday uh yes very impressive probably his most impressive performance so far uh as you say, under Mourinho. Yeah, agreed. Um, are you guys looking forward to the semi-final against Leicester? There's some good, good two good semi-finals. Is it Marseille final in the pre- in the previous and the other semi-final, and then Roma Leicester? Um, Imran, you sent a, an interesting stat to our WhatsApp group of, of Leicester conceding. Is it 13 goals from set pieces this season? Yeah, yeah, they conceded one on from Sunday, and they lost two one against uh, Newcastle. Uh, the former Leon and Atletico Paranaense midfielder Bruno Gumarash scored two, um, so it was a good win for Newcastle as they just looking to escape relegation under um, Mister Howe. Um, yeah, Leicester seemed to be struggling a little bit in the. Um, in the Premier League, but that game is what nine days away, and we'll preview the preview that in the in the meantime. But are you both looking forward to the game? Is it? It should be quite a compelling tie. Yes, very much looking forward to it, and um, uh, also the fact that you know we got a little bit fortunate with the draw that we played in the knockout stage. We played every tie. Uh, the second leg at home. At home, yeah. So, um, and probably there'll be another sellout crowd. That's another thing we should mention. Yes, the, yeah, the fans, yeah, the fans were, yeah. were really accept- created a really exceptional atmosphere on third, last Thursday, and I think it'll be, you know, all being well, and the the first leg goes goes reasonably well. There'll be something similar in store um, on the fifth of May. So for the second leg, so uh, really. Really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, sixty-five thousand again under the lights. Maybe that fade in Roman sun with ninety minutes to play for for the, the conference final. Maybe to play either Marseille or final. It could be interesting to see. But we're we're a couple of weeks away from that. Um, should we talk about last night's game? Good segue to to talk. So Napoli won. Roma won. There wasn't a too bad weekend for Roma, wasn't it? Um, Lazio dropped points. Atalanta dropped points last night against Hellas Verona. Fiorentina won one nil, but it looks like they've lost uh, Gaetano Castrovilli for the season. It looks like he's torn his ACL, which is which is really sad news because he looks like to have had a, an okayish or coming into his own. Sorry, um, playing really well. Juventus were fortunate at best against Bologna. Against that was a crazy game, but um, Rome played really well against Napoli. Um, Imran, I come to you first. One all. It could have been a lot different. Was you impressed by Roma's how the way they set out? And I thought you, you. I think, but you and James said that they were really impressed with how they set up and Roma play. But it could have got a lot more out of it, couldn't they? It could have, especially the way we played in the second half. I think we perhaps it, it wouldn't have been. Um, uh, unfair if we went home back with all three, all the three points. Uh, the way we reacted, the way we kept 
playing. We created a lot of chances. Uh, Abraham should have scored uh, with that header. Uh, so, so yeah, unfortunate to go. I won't say unfortunate, but it was a really clumsy challenge um, and a penalty go- to give away by Ibanez, uh becoming quite a few of those. Unfortunately, um, needs to get uh, more discipline, especially in the big games mm-hmm. where he commits those fouls. Uh, needs to work more on his positioning because it seems like he perhaps a bit too often gets caught out of position so, so that was that was the first goal so the first half was uh napoli were the better side but we did have the chance uh, with Osimhen's header was uh, headed off the crossbar uh, defensive we should say so uh, good free kick hit it in the right hit it in the right areas also from exactly, pellegrini yeah. yeah dangerous free kick and uh, and after that i felt we took more we took uh, command of the game we controlled the play we had some really good uh, link up play in attack a few touches moved the ball around um quickly and um when you do that, you put your opposition in a position where it's difficult to defend against because you don't give them the time and space uh, to organize. So you, you you have higher chances of catching them out of possession, uh, position. And um, ultimately, we had to wait until injury time. We did that really good one-touch play, which was finished off by El Sharawi. And then we... If we... Would have been a bit more composed in attack, uh, in our counter attacks. We could have, uh, we could have got the winner as well because Napoli were, they were, they were in ruins after the substitutions by Spalletti just 10 minutes before. Strange subs. Uh, yeah. Very I mean, strange he, subs. You, you, you can understand what he's trying to do, but uh, they, he's trying to bring on, he brought on Demme to give them more defensive stability, mm. a defensive midfielder. Or for Botka, who took, an, was it a knock on his Achilles or was, was that Anguisa took one on his Achilles? Lobotka. But he took out, he took out uh, Fabio Ruiz, I Fabio, think. Fabio, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he wanted more defensive presence in the midfield. Uh, but uh, what you saw instead was that you got them uh, uh, as a defensive midfielder, but the different, the, uh, the distance between the defensive midfield and the other midfield, it was just too big. It was, uh, there were, completely absent so it was we just walked into the midfield and had complete control we could move the ball around we were always uh, in advantage in terms of um, the number of men we had in midfield when we went against them so we could move the ball around much uh, in a comfortable fashion uh, and uh, quicker because we always created an advantage uh, in terms of men. So we all the time. If you look at if you look at it as as a rectangle or or, or something, hmm. you saw that we uh, we were always uh, uh, we always had more men in those areas. So 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 that was good to see. It was good to see the reaction. It was. Uh, I would also say it was. I think the team showed a lot of maturity. In the way they played, uh, and that was also pleasing to see. You see that this team is completely different. If you just look at the Napoli game at Olimpico, we went to, into that game 
At that time, Napoli had, I think, seven or eight wins in a row. We were coming off uh, a 6-1 defeat to Buda Glimt, and uh, we went into that game. You know, the morale was very low, and we were the underdogs. We defend. It was a good game where we defended a lot. But in this in this game, we controlled the game more. We we dictated the game on our terms more. If you say we pushed Napoli back, so they were on the back foot. And I think that shows that this team has taken a lot of uh, has progressed a lot and um, showing maturity that we didn't see before. And that was also um, convincing, but also satisfying to see. Um, you mentioned Roger Ibanez earlier. Um, do you think he struggles against wingers or wing backs or full backs in general who has a little bit of pace and a bit of directness about uh, with them? So you had Chucky Lozano yesterday, um, and that was a penalty. Um, I was gobsmacked that Debello had to look at VAR. Debello had a very a few questionable calls yesterday. I think a lot of Roma fans were calling him out over the non penalty with Zaniola and Merritt. That's never a penalty in a million years. Merritt wins the ball clearly. Well yeah, clearly. And if I was going to tweet out saying, if you played the game of football and not and, uh, sounded harsh, but <laughs> the momentum, it, no, it's true. Like I, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not a goalkeeping expert, but the momentum when he took, he, he, he clearly wins the ball is mm. the follow through. It's his save. He can't do anything. His hands are up there, but yeah, I, I, that, I'll go on to that in a minute, but on a Banyas Imran, do you think he struggles mm. like Lazari in the Derby last, last season where he absolutely ripped him to shreds for the first two goals. But, and then yesterday, Lozano just absolutely just tore him to pieces. Do you think he has those weird in-game moments where he struggles against pace? I think he has two problems uh, in the big games. Lapses in concentration, first of all. Uh, he has uh, those moments. Uh, you mentioned the derby. Uh, he just has a moment where, with a blackout where he just completely loses it. And the other one is his positioning uh, when the team is defending. You saw it when a few, a few couple other occasions in the game where he was basically just trailing Aussie men mm. uh, in a few counter-attacks. And uh, Spalling had to recover, and I think Mancini did one in the second half also. Yes. Uh, so so that uh, he needs to work on those weaknesses. Um, those are the ones I have highlighted, at least. No, no that's understandable. I think he just struggles like against pace and a bit directness and he does has the momentary lapse in him but I still think there is an absolute player in him but yeah um, James we I think we talked a little bit off pod I mean you were quite impressed with Roma yesterday um, so what were your thoughts on the whole performance I wanted to add on what Imran said afterwards but yeah what were your thoughts on um, Roma yesterday well, I'd, I'd echo everything Imran said. I think for the last hour of the game, uh, we were already before half time. We were the better team, and um, I think I'll give you one in a word why we didn't win the game at Koulibaly. Oh I yes, yes, hands down, yeah. yeah, yeah. His performance was magnificent, unreal, matched only by Smalling. Yes, the other agreed. End. Smalling, perfect, perfect, and uh, in fact, Smalling probably stopped 
the score being 2-0 because there was a shot came in that uh, Smalling blocked. I think it might have gone out for a corner or mm. rebounded and then Mario... Uh, 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 Rui Patricio. I get those two. <laughs> same those two same nationality, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Both Portuguese. Both for us. Yeah, both played yeah. for Roma. Yeah, and um, you know, tip the uh, uh, the shot uh, away for a corner. But yeah, he. I think without him, we win that game. But he was magnificent. Excellent point, by the way. Yeah, and I think that um, uh, also. Uh, when it came to Ibanez, the point I really want to make is that, yes, all the things Imran said, and I also think he has a problem of anticipation because reading the play, because like there was even Anguissa who um, who got past him in the first uh, in the second half, if you remember, mm. um, and he's he's always looks as though he's trying to catch up to. Um, to uh you know with the opponent and often when that's inside the penalty area you've always got that risk of what happened in the first half where you know you you end up making a challenge because you're afraid of a shot coming in and you give away a penalty kick so i think um uh, all the things you mentioned are true but i think uh, he also has a problem with or or can have a problem i don't want to say it's all the time but can have a problem with anticipation and reading what the opponent is going to do and that's why it looks like on re- on the replay that he's always trying to like somehow he's trying to catch up with the opponent because he's sometimes been outmaneuvered um and uh so and, and it was a penalty kick it was a yeah decision. it was yeah yeah no no yeah no argument about that and um yeah so uh uh, I think also the only other thing I'd add is I thought we used the wide areas very well, particularly in the second half. And if you think about it, the two most dangerous opportunities, the one that you mentioned earlier or was mentioned earlier about uh, Abraham when he could have, you know, he could have done a lot better with a cross that came in from uh, Karsdorp. And then the goal again came from a wide position and it was superbly Again, uh, there was great synergy between the players. Uh, ball was left, then Abraham got the faintest of touches, and Elshawari's finish was absolutely brilliant. Again, putting it wide of uh, the goalkeeper. Um, so I would say very good use of wide areas, um, and uh, um, uh, uh, and uh, you know probably uh, was decisive. In, uh, Ultimately, uh, the performance of Kubali, that probably was the difference between us winning the game and a draw. But I'm very satisfied with the draw. To come away from a game like that um, with, with, uh, with a point is excellent. And as you said earlier, particularly in the context of the, of the uh, uh, match day with Atalanta, Lazio and Fiorentina dropping. But, well, sorry, Fiorentina won, but um, quite narrowly, actually. Yeah, 1-0. Yeah, nevertheless, um, I think all round an excellent weekend to cap an excellent... Uh, and I think also the other thing I would say, looking at the semi-final with the first league being away, in fact, the next two, we've got three away games uh, in succession, Napoli, Inter, Leicester City, all difficult games. You know, that that will give everybody, I think, a, a, a shot of confidence going into the next two difficult away games on Saturday and Thursday. Uh, next week, next Thursday. Can I ask you both this? Do you think Jose got his um, substitutions 
Right, I think you got a, a few. Oh, actually, to be honest, you got all of them spot on. I reckon. All of them, yeah, yeah. all of them. Cristante, I thought he was struggling a little bit, but in the in the first half, and he picked up a yellow card. Um, there was it was a na- not a, a naughty challenge on Anguissa on the the Achilles. That was Mikatarian has been exceptional in the last few months and deserves his renewal. Just hand him a lifetime contract um, <laughs> at Roma. But One yeah. thing I would say, we praised Zaniolo through his performance on. Thursday, we had. I, I, I would certainly like to say I, I think he was a disappointment. In oh, okay. Game. I thought he did okay. In, in I thought he played yeah. well, but may you tired at the end? Yeah, but he, he didn't use the ball well enough. Um, often he was trying to like. It felt like he was trying to <laughs> score. You know, score some kind of Maradona goal. You know, where he takes on the defence. You know, I think he had to release the ball earlier. And um, and there, there was one. There was uh, one moment with Pellegrini. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was crying out for an early pass into the centre, and he's got the quality to put a pass in like that. And um, held on to the ball too long. And um, and I think there were various instances during the game where Napoli managed to clear, and they cleared because the ball wasn't played quickly enough. And and and. Um, you know, and it gave them the opportunity to uh, defend, and um, so I was disappointed uh, with some of his play yesterday. Um, yes, he was a constant menace to the Napoli defence, but I think he could have been more productive. His booking was a bit a farce, wasn't it? It was a bit stupid. Now he misses the game against Inter, but he did pick up that ankle injury, which looked quite painful. You know, it looked like he rolled his ankle, but I will say, James, he did well against Rachmani. But in, and as you said, you mentioned the defender earlier. He struggled against Koulibaly. I think pretty much most of Roma's attack struggled against Koulibaly. Um, I will echo on Roma's Roma subs, but uh, I thought Veritu did well when he came on. He, he looked a bit more, played well in the defensive role. Um, I was impressed when when Spalletti went to a back five Jose went nah I'm putting on another attacker so he took to, took off Gianluca Mancini which James he didn't get booked astonished absolutely astonished again he didn't get booked in a day after a day after his birthday um uh and then um he brought on Carlos Perez he, he, looked, he looked well when he came on and Stefan Al-Sharari he played in what two different positions played at left wing back and then left left back and took his goal brilliantly such a such a composed finish after the lovely layoff from abraham but yeah um i'm just really really impressed it was such a good performance after the the brilliant performance in midweek and it's it really goes well into what happened in in Serie A over the weekend and look who we play saturday bloody into milan or inter and then it's the leicester game and i think is it Bologna at home next weekend afterwards. That's right, that's right. And then it's the second Leicester game and then it's the tough, tough trip to uh, Fiorentina. So, yeah, it's just a really impressive um, couple of games. Guys, do you have anything to add before on the two performances before we go into listeners' questions? No, I've, I've covered everything I, think, I wanted to say. Yeah. Imran? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Nothing, yeah. It's been a positive episode, hasn't it, guys? No no, no, no doom and gloom, which, which is good, which is good. We've got listeners' questions. Um, I sent out uh, a tweet at just after half 11 UK time today, and we've got quite a lot of questions, actually. Um, so we've got one from Richie, uh, at Roma Richie, which is a very, very, very good question. 
I'd be interested to hear where you think the improvements have come from in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. I think uh, uh, there are many contributing factors, uh, important factors, and it's difficult to say which one is more important than the other, but if I were to list some of them, I would say, first of all, uh, the Mercato in January was important because we got rid of a lot of dead weight and we signed two players. Uh, one who did play a bit in the beginning when we needed him, Maitland Niles, uh, but Oliveira has uh, uh, has given us something extra in midfield, something we didn't have experience. Um, so he has been useful. I'm not saying he has been exceptional, but I think, according to me, has been useful. So I think the Mercato is important to, um, uh, to strengthen the squad or give the squad different profile than it had and get rid of those players who didn't play uh, and send them out for their own best. That was one thing. I think another contributing factor, which is not so often spoken about, but which we did mention uh, in the pod in January, is a change of assistant uh, from Sacramento to Salvatore Forti. Because Forti, I I remember I mentioned when I did a bit of research on him that he is a coach who is very attack-minded. So he surely must have brought something else to the Trigoria in terms of attacking play, uh, how to get more out of the attacking part of the game. So I think he also has contributed in a way to it. And I think the third one, the third one, uh, Tammy Abraham. Uh, yeah. Tammy Abraham has played 32 games in Serie A. In the first 16 games, he scored four Serie A goals. In the next uh, 16 games, he has scored 11 Serie A goals. So when you have a striker who's in form like that, um, it's obvious that the team will... Uh, benefit from that and uh, when you have a striker who's performing like that of course other areas in the team uh, get a a belief uh, when you get results you automatically start getting a belief and I think this momentum that we have built up is also due to the mentality which has taken a bit of time to adapt uh, or implement uh, is starting to show results uh, because mentality is not something you build overnight. Uh, it doesn't only come with the right player. You also need to get the results and you also need to show it on the pitch. And the fact that we showed that gave the players belief that there is something here. Uh, the late goals undefeated in 12 Serie A games um, are some of the factors which confirm that theory. Uh, I think also Chris Smalling's presence in defense, the fact that he has stayed injury-free, and the fact that three of them, Mancini, Ibanez, and Smalling, has played in the three-man defense, has given the team defensive stability, uh, which has been... Uh, important in the, uh, during this uh, run since uh, January. 
and I and I and I also believe that when you have uh, when you start at all these factors that I mentioned that I believe has contributed to this trend, I think all of them also uh, all of them you can see all of them factors in the last last half an hour or 45 minutes in yesterday's game the maturity that's the result of all these factors this the, the attacking play the one touch play uh and you do that because you believe in your abilities to do it you gain confidence you are more mature so i think all these factors uh, contributed to that and the result uh, was quite obvious yesterday against the top team uh, but also on Thursday. So this team has a lot in it. It can play in different ways. Uh, and it is comfortable in playing in different ways. You just need to find the right balance. Uh, because the Buddha Glimp game, uh, the pressing, uh, the high press, the intensity, the tempo, it could be a suicide mission if you do it against uh, Napoli or Inter, who are very good counter-attacking sides. It was a suicide mission when we did it against Liverpool in the semi-finals four years ago. So you just need to know... This is also a, can be a bit difficult. You need to analyze the right uh, for the right moment where you can execute it, where you can minimize the threats from your opponents. And it, ha- it has to be a perfect, synchronized, collective effort from the team to be able to succeed with that. That's very important to remember because that's how Jurgen Klopp does it. Um, it's a collective effort and it's perfectly synchronized. So I, I would say, on top of my head, I would say these factors. But uh, perhaps you have some more to mention. Oh my god, good question. I think the mentality is one. Um, the never say die attitude that has been put into the squad. I would say post Juventus has been has been an improvement. We saw it. I think this is like seven or eight times this year. Roma have scored quite late on. I think maybe even more. Um, we had Jose shouting justice, justice after Al Sharari scored yesterday, and I think that was quite proven to be right. Um, I, I do echo the points that you said. I just wanted to add uh, the importance of Henrik Mkhitaryan into the to the squad and to the eleven that he's he's been proven to be the the, the pivotal link of the. Um, midfield to attack and he's he's been excellent and I'm just I'm just trying to think of even more like Rick Castle's been exceptional at right wing back um the 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 maturity shown in Nicholas Zaleski also at left wing back when he's come into it that's been outstanding um but yeah just echo what you what you said it's been it's been an interesting last four months we saw um, well after January you saw the the bad performance in Milan against an AC Milan side, which which did do well, and then you saw the capitulation against Juventus. But yeah, um, it's been an impressive last couple of months, and there there has been quite a lot of improvements going in. Um, really pleased to see what's going on. But yeah, uh, James, do you have any, anything to add? Um. Well, I would say that the development of Zalewski has also mm, been there. That's been massive, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's been a huge help. <laughs> Tammy Abraham, funnily enough, you mentioned the uh, the, the uh, you know the improvement in his scoring. Of course, he was getting chances, 
not as many, and they weren't necessarily as good chances, but he hit the frame of the goal quite a few times. Is it uh, seven in times the, in, the, yeah, in the last the first, first, half the first half of the season, the first few months of the season, yeah. Yeah, you turn them into goals, and then the table now probably looks a lot different uh, to what it does uh, at the moment. So, um, uh, yeah, and I think also being able to control games and and uh, limit the opposition chances, not necessarily by lots of numbers in defence and playing very you know ultra cautiously, but by quality of play and retaining possession has been a big factor. So, um, uh, and the defence looks very strong, very stable. I mean, we've been helped as well by another thing. If you think, it only occurred to me the other day that if you think in recent seasons, we've been sort of plagued by injuries, this season, not so much. That's actually quite a good valid point. And also, I don't think... And of course, that that, that helps with consistency and stability and, you know, the way the players, uh, you know, uh, the synergy between the players. So um, I think um, all these various factors have been, have uh, have, matured into this moment. And of course, what we really hope now is that this upswing continues on the, along this trajectory to the end of the season, because, you know, there's a lot, as Chris Smalling said in his interview yesterday and uh, Pellegrini after the game on Thursday, there's a lot to play for, you know, um, a, I mean, I, it's, I don't believe in it. It's, I think it's a long shot, but um, a full, you know, potential uh, finishing inside the top four, but there's potentially, you know, uh, uh, a trophy at the end of the season, you know, um, you want, anyway. yeah. You want that gorgeous Conference League trophy in next to the Scudetto winning two thousand one trophy, don't you? We got a couple of more questions. We got one from. Uh, let me just find it. There we go. Great name, Oliveira out at underscore Zaniolismo. Do you think our recent run is a purple patch, or is it something that we can replicate next season? Kind of like Milan after the 2020 lockdown. Um, Also, do you think we'll keep using the 3-5-2 formation next season, or do you think Mourinho will go uh, back to his preferred 4-2-3-1? I think... uh... In terms of next season, I think that will rest to some extent on the uh, um, transfer market mm. and what's available and so on and what resources are available and which players leave, which players come. I, I would think at the moment that, you know, if you looked saying based on what we see now, there isn't really a reason to change things. Um, and um, in terms of uh, uh, whether it's a purple patch, uh, I think we're starting to get a feeling that it's not a purple patch. There is a some. You know, there's been a sustained improvement over several weeks that have got to this point. I mean, you know, I mean, we we, we think back to the uh, second leg against Vitesse Arnhem, and that was a poor performance, and we could have easily lost that um, tie on that second leg, and that was only what. A month or so ago. Yeah, so, middle of March. Yeah. So, um, but I think since then, since that international break, um, there's been a sustained improvement. And I, I think we're getting to the stage um, 
where we can say, that's why I think yesterday's game against Napoli was so critical. Could we sustain the good performance from Thursday uh, and the previous week against Salernitana? Um, uh, certainly in terms of quality. I know it was a late show in terms of the result, but and 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 we did, you know. And arguably, you could say in many ways, yesterday was a not a spectacular, but a better performance than the one on Tuesday. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, it, you know, if I were a betting man, I'd say it's more like uh, not a purple patch, more uh, like a, a trajectory of um, improvement. Do you think it sort of clicked after? the Hellas Verona game at home after that. So then you had Spezia Atalanta, you had the two games against Vitesse, the Udinese game, and then the Lazio game. I think maybe that running was a little bit crucial to go into the international break. Yes. Uh, particularly the win in the derby. Yeah. Uh, being so uh, comprehensive and emphatic uh, was a huge confidence boost as well. And we can't, you know, we can't underestimate how, how important, confidence is you know um and uh, if you you know you, if you're playing confidently and you've got a lot of self-belief as the players are showing at the moment it makes the world of difference confidence does breed success so yeah um ara Plenino, uh he asks, is carlos perez doing enough to stick around for Mourinho? oh that's a difficult one uh because he hasn't played that much no, he's had a couple of cameos in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. He actually did pretty well yeah. against Salon Eterno. He did actually pretty well yesterday. He did have that, when Roma had the counter-attack, the final ball was just a little bit too far in front. I think it was in front of Afina Gian. But apart from that, I think he's done okay in the last couple of games. Yeah, but usually gets uh, introduced when you are uh, when the game is in a situation like um, yesterday. Uh, or the one in Salatana where you're a goal behind um, when you need to score. Uh, otherwise, he doesn't get to play that much. And the question also, what does he want to do? Um, is he comfortable mm. in this uh, situation or does he want to play more? And would he, as a result of that, see he can move away from Rome? I think that's more of... Uh, um, that's another way of looking at it. Do you think he'd be a good enough squad player? For for Mourinho next season going forward, was that depends? It depends on him, basically, does it? Yeah, it depends on the Mercato. Uh, yeah. We don't know which plans they have for the Mercato. If they can bring better squad players, then then he's not good enough. If they can't, then he is good enough. That's a bit difficult to answer. I would say uh, it will all depend on the Mercato and the plans they have. But I don't think it will be a crisis if he's there as a squad player next year. Okay, fair enough. Um, Daniel Silver, um, he, he's got a couple of questions. Um, I'll start off with one that he, he sent first. He goes, hello, hello again, guys. Last week, I think the backing point I made was misunderstood. I was more talking in get rid of players. He wants whoever it is and buy the ones he needs, whoever they're like in, in those clubs. Do you think the Freakins and Pinto will blindly follow his advice? They did with Chomorodov. Um, yeah. So I, I don't. I think it will be a mix of everything. Mourinho will probably highlight some players and they will go for them. But also Pinto will suggest some players. You know, Pinto didn't have the best of success with uh, Vina, although I wouldn't sacrifice Vina altogether yet. But um, I think it, it will be a 
balance. It, it will be a mix of uh, of both. Yeah, do you think Mourinho and Pinto they will have options on who they want in an area, and then they will go for them, and then they'll have like a backup also? Oh, definitely. I think there will be yeah. a short list of players, and they would uh, they would um, probably enter negotiations or they will contact agents. It's normal. They probably would have done it already mm. to 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 see how the situation is and what they can do until the summer and then of course it's a dynamic uh, process and all of a sudden there could be a player that pops up that you didn't have uh, in your mind because of availability and he becomes available so it's very dynamic anything can happen no, that's fair enough. He also has got an, another question. I think this is probably more aimed to myself and James. He goes, what's, in your, what's your opinion on the BT Sport commentators on Roma matches, particularly the last one? I've seen some Roma fans saying they've been very negative towards the team and the coach. There were some comments yesterday uh, from the commentators over the Roma-Napoli game. I think it's caused a massive stir online. I don't know if you two have seen it at all. No. No, so the one of the commentators, it was Dave Farrar and Don Hutchison, who used to play for Liverpool and Sunderland, who was a Scotland international. Dave Farrar made a comment saying that um, if, that Rome, some Roma fans he knew wanted Roma to lose, so Jose would get the sack this season. I think that may have been said tongue-in-cheek, and now Jose fans on social media have gone two-footed and, targeting BT Sport commentators. I think it's, to be honest, it was like a tongue-in-cheek comment. I don't think you have to take it seriously. No. no. I think the coverage, over that's certainly out of context with the coverage. The coverage has been excellent. Yeah. Very, very even-handed, objective, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't complain at all. And if that, you know, if that, it, 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 if people got upset about that, and I, I can see why, but it, I, I, yeah, I would dismiss that as a as a minor misdemeanor in what has been a an excellent season of coverage. Yeah, I just saw the, some of the, the, the some of the tweets that some of the commentators have got recently, and the writers who have done in here in the UK, and I just think, guys, just chill out. Social media is a cesspool; and it's an absolute clusterfuck at sometimes. But go outside, enjoy the sunshine when when it's when it comes here. But any will survive that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, just just go out, enjoy yourself. Don't need to worry about comments that off the cuff that. Just we'll probably say tongue in cheek. Don't worry about it. Just like there's more important things going on in the world at the moment than what a commentator says about your club and the manager. Just just say that. Um, Daniel also asked, "Have a great pod and let's enjoy these last few games." And that's that's the end of the the, the questions. And thank you very much, guys, for the questions. Um, guys, do you have anything to add? Um, I think we've gone almost an hour. Do you have anything to uh, add before we wrap this podcast up? No, perfect. Thank you. Once again, always. No Thank worries. Um, guys, you can follow us at lemagicast.com. You can find all our previous podcasts on the, on the website. Uh, you can find us on all the podcast platforms, your Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, etc., etc., etc. James, Imran, it was, we normally record on a Monday night. It's Tuesday. We had the Easter Bank holiday weekend. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your evenings to uh, sit down with me over Zencaster and talking about... AS Roma for the last hour. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. 
enjoy your uh, enjoy your uh, evening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Roman play Inter. Um, I think we may do something. If not over the weekend, it will be Monday. And I'll just say enjoy your, enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Enjoy the football that is on this week. I think there's a lot of football going on. There's the Coppa Italia tonight, Coppa Italia tomorrow night. I think there's some Premier League games, there's some La Liga games, etc., etc. Whatever takes your fancy. If not, enjoy the rest of your week. Um, and always remember, Forza Roma and ciao. Ciao. Ciao.